Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. We've talked a lot on this show about moving to a new city or a new country as a young adult. And as you all know, that's a process that makes me incredibly nervous. But what if the first place you move after graduating college is just one of the many stops you make along the way? And what if you just keep moving and moving and moving? That is Kim Straglinski's story. I've invited Kim here today to share her story and her advice for feeling at home wherever you end up. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's tell people a little bit about a little bit more about you and and where you're living now. So how how old are you, Kim? I'm 26. I graduated from college in 2012. Okay. So s- since college, how many cities have you lived in officially that you consider you've lived in? That I've lived in, I have lived in three three cities. There, <laughs> but yes, you three. also said you travel a lot for work, right? Yes, I do. So I travel at least 15 weeks a year for work as well. And what does that usually involve? Like, are you traveling somewhere for a week at a time, for a day at a time? A kind of a combination of both. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's a day at a time. Sometimes I'll be in one place for a week at a time. I usually jump hotels every night, even if I'm in the same area, because I'm not in the same exact area every night. So I do a lot of packing up and putting my suitcase in my bag, in my car every morning. So I do jump a lot from area to area when I'm traveling for work. So why don't we give people a short timeline of the cities, not just that you've traveled to, but the cities you've lived in. So obviously, I guess we start, we can start where you're from. Yeah. So I'm actually from Bridgewater, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, And then I went to college in North Carolina. And then the day that I graduated from college, my parents decided to move to North Carolina. So my parents, (laughs) yeah. So my parents now live here in North Carolina. And then I worked at my alma mater for a year, and I knew that was a one-year position. And then after that, I moved to Evanston, Illinois, and went to grad school at Northwestern. So I was there for two years. Mm -hmm. And then actually between those two years, I did an internship down at Vanderbilt as well. So I was in Nashville for two months in the summer between my two years of grad school. Mm -hmm. And then when I graduated from grad school, I moved down to Nashville full-time. So June of last year is when I moved to Nashville And then after a year of being in Nashville, I decided to just go crazy and purchase a townhome of my own and moved again this spring. And where did you move to then? I stayed in Nashville, yes, in another area of town. Yep. Right. So the nice thing is there is that two of those moves, you were in school, which I do think helps a fair amount. But something that people always ask me, and my sister asked me this, she was on the show a couple of weeks, is she was like, when you move somewhere new, how do you make friends? And I think that that's such a hot topic of, you know, when you're in kindergarten or when you're in high school, or I guess even when you're in normal college, it's pretty easy to meet people. And it's pretty simple to make friends. It's just who's in your dorm hallway. But as you get older, that becomes a lot more difficult. So some of the you know good friends that you've made in, in bouncing around, how do you remember meeting people and getting to know people in a new place? That's a good question. And it's definitely something I was always stressed about was how am I going to meet people? How am I going to find friends? It's something I would talk to my college friends about. We all talked about how hard it was for us to meet people and, and to meet new friends and make new friends as an adult. But for me, I found that Pursuing things that I love and continuing to do things that I love has been a really easy way to make friends. So, for example, I really love working out and going to different workout classes. So I've met a couple people through different workout classes that I've gone to. 
One of my closest friends, I actually met through an organization that does volunteer work. It's a pretty popular thing to do in the South is to join the Junior League. Mm -hmm. So I joined the Junior League when I was here in North Carolina. And one of my closest friends I met through that organization. And I'm still involved to this day. And I've also met people just at coffee shops or at bars or at restaurants just from asking them questions and from being friendly and, and, and smiling and wanting to talk to people. And then the flip side of that, obviously, is that because you, you've you had kind of, you've lived places, but they've been sort of temporary one year, two month situations, then you have the flip side of needing to then keep in touch with these people. So has it been harder to maintain friendships because you've been bouncing a fair amount? Or, you know, now you have friends in Evanston and Nashville and North Carolina and all these different places, or maybe you meet people while you travel are you just like the best pen pal ever? Is that is that sort of your title or, or how do you kind of maintain that so that you're not just Snapchatting all day? Well, I do think that I'm one of the best pen pals, I have to say. Snapchat definitely helps too to be able to send little videos or snippets of my day. But I honestly have friends, like you said, all over the country now. So one of my best friends just moved from Florida to Texas And I have a lot of good friends up in Chicago, lots of friends here in North Carolina, plenty of new friends in Nashville. So it it has given me an excuse to keep up with these different people and an excuse to visit different places and give them a phone call or call them on Skype and, and talk with them that way. I do a lot of FaceTiming, a lot of texting, lots of Snapchatting. What's your favorite way to keep in touch with someone? I think Snapchat. That's so funny. I would I think I'm really warming up to Snapchat's form. I really am too. So I remember when I first learned how to use it, I actually, a girl in my sorority taught me how to use it after I had graduated from college. And I was like, what is this Snapchat thing? I don't know what this means. You have to explain this to me. And now I just can't get enough of it because it's so easy to just show people what I'm doing. And give people a a sense of context of where you are. I think some, some of my hardest it's so difficult for me to picture someone like, oh, we just moved into this new apartment. And then it's, you can, they can kind of take you with them and show you the minutia of it for six seconds. And they don't, you don't, they don't have to send you a whole video or something like that. Exactly. It's just so much easier when you can see the world through someone else's eyes for a little while. And I think you made such a good point before about all your friends now live all over the country. And I think that's something that's really mentally hard for people to switch when they graduate college and all of your friends are in one place and to not feel that having your friends spread out is any is lonely at all, like that it's very normal to have friends all over the place. And it's actually very rare to have a group of 20 close, personal, super best friends in one city. Rather, you'll, you know, I think that that was something I struggled with when I moved was I have friends in Philly and D.C. and Chicago, in Austin, in Maryland, and that that is actually normal. And having a large contingency in one place is not. Exactly. And I think it's normal, too, to remember that you may not know exactly what they're doing every minute of every day. You may not know what they had for breakfast like you did when you were in college, or you might not be up till two in the morning writing a paper with them. But you can still talk on the phone or text or Snapchat or follow them on Instagram and like all their pictures and keep up with them in other ways. You don't have to know every second of their day to still be a really good friend. So I'm curious, when you first moved to a new city, just because now you've had a couple cities and you probably have some kind of routine, like what's your your first 
two days look like in a new city? What what do you do to start meeting people, to get yourself settled, to get it, get your bearings? What do those first 48 hours in a new place look like? I would say that I do a lot of either driving around or walking around, depending on where I am. Um, I tend to Google different top restaurants in the area or top coffee shops or best place to go take a hike and then just make a little list of different things that I want to start doing and try all those things out and really just driving around without a GPS kind of wandering around whether it's in my car. No GPS is key I think. Yeah no GPS so I might have my GPS running in the background or have my my phone in my hand if I'm walking around but just wandering around to get a feel for for what the atmosphere is like. And I think that I've found the best restaurants or places or met the best people when I kind of go off the grid a little bit and just explore based on my instincts. My first move when I get somewhere is to figure out where my co- where I'm going to get my coffee every morning, because that's such an essential part to my new to my routine that I feel like if I know where I'm going to go in the morning to get my coffee and I know the route I'm going to take to work, I feel like I can do the first couple of days. Do you have something like that where it's like the first item on your compass that you need to identify? Yeah, I think for me, it's tacos. I love tacos. <laughs> you would be, I'm with you. That is a great, that is a great first point on your, that's like always the North Star, I think. <laughs> it is. I, I love tacos. And it also becomes a fun challenge to try the best taco in every city that I go to or compare them to places I've been. So I try and find somewhere to get some some type of food that's going to make me feel comfortable. So for me, that's tacos. So I find a good place, whether it's for lunch or dinner, and head out on my way. And then a lot of times I'll also ask the people who work at the first place I go, oh, where do you recommend going for dessert? Or where do you recommend going for dinner? Or I need to get groceries. Where should I go? And just asking people questions, I think, is such a big a big help when you're moving to asking local people questions. That's that's a great point. Not asking, you know, I guess I can't think of like you wouldn't walk up to a tourist, but yeah, asking local people where they get their groceries from or, you know, what the secrets are. That's that's the key really to moving somewhere is finding out the secrets and the local, you know, when you feel like what do you think it takes to go from feeling like a tourist or a newbie in a city to feeling like you belong there and you can give someone directions? What do you think that takes? You know, I think it takes some time to be okay with being new. It's okay to out yourself as the newbie and to ask for help. And I think it's key to have that time of being new somewhere because people love to tell you where their favorite places are, where you should go get groceries, where the the best dry cleaner is. They love to tell you all the little tips about their city. So Mm -hmm. it's totally fine to be new and to be the new kid for a little while. And then all of a sudden you'll realize that a few months have passed and you have your favorite place to go get coffee. You have your favorite place to get ice cream. You know where you want to take your dog for a walk and you can tell other people about those things. You were telling me that you have a cool trick for Google Maps, which is similar to what Maddie talked about last week, but that you do when you move somewhere new. So I was wondering if you could share that with our audience because I think it's super helpful. And I am not quite tech savvy enough to figure out how to do it, but (laughs) maybe I'll try it. Yeah. So Google Maps is awesome because you can add different layers to your map. So you can save different locations and then you can also color code things. You can actually save a route between different locations on Google Maps. So if there's four different places that you want to go in a day, you know, you want to get your coffee and then go to work and then go to the grocery store, you can save that route on Google Maps. 
you can color code things. You can make different icons for different areas. So if you want to make your home one icon, you can add coffee shops with a little coffee mug. Your favorite places could be a little star. So there's a lot of different ways you can use Google Maps to really save all your favorite places in a city. I've tried to figure that out. I think the layers thing is tripping me up. I can't quite figure out how to make a new... It feels a little bit confusing to me. Like I feel like I would look at my map and and get overwhelmed all over again. It, it definitely gets a little overwhelming, but it's very nice to see things clustered in different color-coded areas. So you do that right when you move somewhere or like it takes you... You kind of build that up after a couple of months. It takes me some time. So... I do it especially when I'm traveling for work with different locations that I'm visiting for work. So I'll know that I have four places I have to go in a certain day and I'll save them all as one color so that if I look at my map, I see, oh, the red places are where I'm going on Monday and the green places are where I'm going on Tuesday and the blue places are where I'm going on Wednesday. So it really helps you visually sort out different groups of locations. You sound very organized. I feel like... I feel like when you move, it's not a chaotic mess like it is when I move. Is that true? No. Moving is always chaotic. It's always chaotic. I feel like you just like have really well-labeled boxes and like a a good organized timeline and no plates break. And when I moved this last time, it was like – it was pretty much a like a hurricane-esque flurry of, I don't know, tears and boxes and newspaper wrapping, ink all over my hands – but you seem a lot more organized than I am. I think it all comes with time. I mean, every move feels a little bit more organized, but it always feels like a mess. Everything always takes longer than you expect when you're moving. Everything from packing to getting the power turned on at your new place to getting your utilities set up to actually putting everything away and unpacking, it all just takes longer. So Patience is key and allowing yourself plenty of time and plenty of breaks is definitely really important. Do you have any secrets to packing? Like anything that, you know, you do, whether it's something you pack first or the thing you always unpack first at your new apartment or anything that you found makes the process just a little bit less stressful? I think so. My favorite tip actually is something that I learned from my mom and she told me when I was moving from, I think it was from Evanston to Nashville. I kept wanting to go out and buy bubble wrap and everything to wrap my plates in. And she said, Kim, you have to pack your clothes anyway. So just use your clothes as the packing material for everything else Mm -hmm. in your house. It is such a genius trick because you don't use as many boxes to pack your clothes. And then you can pack like your plates or your glasses with maybe t-shirts or socks. Mm -hmm. Socks make great padding material. So just thinking outside the box and using things maybe not for their intended use is really helpful. Yeah, we packed all my stuff with newspaper and our hands were black with newspaper ink by the time the move was over. Exactly. And news- newspaper is great, but yeah. you have socks, you have t-shirts, you have blankets and sheets and all that kind of stuff. So why not use it and save some money or save some time on other packing material too? So you do seem like a moving pro, a packing pro, an unpacking pro, and all that things. But I'm wondering, of all the cities you moved to, was there one that was really difficult for you to adjust to? So I think Evanston was the hardest move. It was hard to adjust because it was a long move. It took 13 hours to get there. Right. And I got there and really only had a mattress and some clothes. And then the rest of my furniture didn't get there for another few days. I think it was actually for two weeks. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So I lived about two weeks with just my mattress and some boxes of clothes, which are really all the important things in life. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also toothpaste. learned. Exactly. I had toothpaste. <laughs> I had all the really go. important things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But I also learned, I think that I also learned that cold weather and I maybe are not as good of friends as we were. It was a cold winter that year. Oh, gosh. Evanston winters, if when they're bad, they're brutal. But it, yes, it was a brutal winter for sure. And I also just learned a lot about myself in terms of the fact that I'm not really someone who loves living in a big city. You know, I love visiting Chicago, but I would prefer to have a lot of open space and the countryside and go hiking. Just learned a lot about myself that way. So I think that was the hardest place to to really get acclimated because I felt a little bit out of my comfort zone. So you felt out of your comfort zone. So what did that how did that manifest itself? Like, what did that feel like? So when I moved to New York and I felt out of my comfort zone, that manifested itself as a lot of nights spent alone in my bed, throwing pity parties and going to bed really early because I felt like I had nothing to do and just a lot of that feeling lost. I mean, how did that lack of comfort zone manifest itself for you? I think it was very similar. So there were lots of nights with Netflix A lot of times I would get some takeout and sit on the couch on a Friday night and, you know, just hang out by myself, which I definitely needed that at the end of a busy week. But at the same time, I didn't explore the city as much as I could have. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time in my apartment. I also, it was my first year of grad school. So maybe it was good that I was spending all that time in my apartment reading and writing papers and all of that good stuff. Right. But it's but if you're not exploring the city, then it's hard for you to feel settled there. I mean, I think that was a huge part of when I first moved here. It was like, how was I ever going to feel like a New Yorker if I all I ever did was explore Seamless? Because like Seamless exactly. is the same everywhere. Exactly. And it's kind of a catch-22 because you don't want to go explore because you don't know where to explore. But right. then you spend more time inside and that just feels so great. So you don't really want to go anywhere else. And so... Once you really get that bug of, I'm going to try this new place this weekend or, you know, go to this coffee shop tomorrow morning, then it really kind of gets you on a roll and it gets really exciting to try all those new places. Do you make a schedule for yourself? Like when you moved to Nashville, like did you have a schedule for yourself of what you were going to do the first week to kind of keep yourself busy? So I didn't have a schedule, but I actually did something else. I created what I called the Nashville challenge for myself. Oh, cool. And when I first moved to Nashville, when I was there for that summer, I figured I was only going to be there for eight weeks. Who knows if I was ever going to go back to Nashville. So I might as well make the most of it and do everything I possibly could. So I did made a list of all the touristy things that I wanted to do and worked my way through that list. And I made myself do one uniquely Nashville thing every week. Oh, that's a great idea. It was so fun. And actually, when I went back to grad school that fall, I said, why don't I do this here? Because I feel like there's a lot that I want to explore here. So I decided to continue that and try to do something uniquely Chicago or uniquely Illinois each week that fall. And people are so nervous to do the touristy thing because they think it will make them seem like they don't really belong here and, oh, they're falling into the tourist traps. But There is nothing wrong. There's a reason that those things are so popular because they're fun and they're interesting and you learn the history of the city. And there's nothing wrong with being a little bit of a tourist when you move somewhere. There is nothing wrong with being a tourist. I think that some of my favorite things that I've done have been 
being a tourist. Like yeah. the architecture tr- cruise in Chicago is so much fun. I loved that. I loved that tour. Awesome. And it's a great way to learn about the city, the Country Music Hall of Fame and different types of things like that with country music and Nashville are such a great way to learn about the history of the city. So it just helps you get your bearings for your surroundings a little bit more too. And what is the, I'm wondering what the one thing people shouldn't do when they move to a new city. Is there something they should avoid or is there, you know, a a moving trap they shouldn't fall into? Now that we've said tourist traps are fine to fall into, is there anything that people should avoid? So I have strong opinions in this area. I think you should avoid chain restaurants. That's fair. I mean, they're really great and they're wonderful. I love good Olive Garden breadsticks as much as the next person, but... Why do you need to eat those when you've got deep dish pizza or hot chicken or ramen or something like that just down the road? Right. You need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to not fall into everything that you know right away. I think that's very fair, especially in a place like Nashville where exactly there's so much good food down there. Oh, my gosh. You don't need the breadsticks when you have all the wonderful things that Nashville has to offer. I visited it in the winter and I was like, I had they had to basically roll me home because I was like, I am just all fried food right now. And it's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. One of one of my friends came to visit from New York last summer. And at the end of the weekend, he said, Kim, I think all of my meals have been all the same color because I've been eating all fried food. Oh, my pants ripped at the end of the trip. Yeah. Like I had to throw my jeans away in Nashville because they totally ripped right. And like, I don't 100% know if it was Nashville or if it was just a happy coincidence. But I was like, this trip has been a success. My jeans have ripped down the middle. (laughs) It's totally worth it. It is totally worth it. Well, Kim, I'm very jealous of how wonderful you are with change and how open you are to moving to new places. And I hope that your advice has been able to help people who are moving or are uneasy about their next move. And I appreciate you tweeting at me and listening to the show. Oh, of course. And thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. You should know that the way I found Kim's story was through Twitter. So be sure to tweet me with ideas for future episodes and you could be our next guest. I'd like to thank our editor, Tim Einenkel, and our producer, Kristen Meinzer. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to review and subscribe in iTunes. The more people that rate the show, the easier it is for others to find the show. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. Bye.